0: I'd like you take your Bible to John 1 and verse 5, then Acts 26 and 18, John 1 and verse 5, praise God, hallelujah, they get it up on the screen, and the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness does not comprehend it. In other words, it can't stop light. Can't stop it. Acts 26 and 18 now. Praise the Lord this morning. Jesus speaking here to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And from the powers of Satan under god that they may receive the forgiveness of sin an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me we're going to title it this morning out of darkness comes greatness some of your darkest hours and darkest moments can be turned into some of your greatest moments in your life God has that kind of power to do that, to change things. Anything God gets and where he is, things changes. It, it never stays the same with God. He doesn't change, but he changes things. He changes the season. New life always starts in the darkness. And sometimes when we feel like we're in darkness... There's never gonna be a new life. Whether the seed in the ground, it gets its life start in the darkness, in the cold, dark earth. But one day, it comes alive and produces what it was designed to produce. A baby lays in a womb nine months in darkness before it ever comes to life. Sometimes our darkest hours seem like a never come light, but I want you to know there's coming light in the time that you least expected. If you don't grow weary in well-doing, you're gonna get light. It's gonna come out of the darkness you're in. Jesus laid in a cold, damp, cold grave. Didn't he look like a human being? He'd been beaten so bad and so bloody. But after three days, life came out. We're born in darkness, but with Jesus, there's life. And not only that, life, there's light. Our greatest moment has never yet been lived. What God can do and what he's going to do in our lives. The wonderful thing. Don't waste your time crying over what went wrong. That's a waste of time to cry what went wrong. If it wasn't a blessing, it was a lesson. Hmm? You always, if you send a kid to school, you're going to have to pay. Is that right? If you go to college, you're going to have to pay a tuition. Is that right, Sister Linda? You done put one through college and you got another going. There's a tuition to be played, right? Always count it not as something lost, but a lesson that you've learned from it. Say a cat sat on a hot stove and never sat there again because they learned a lesson. Don't cry over what's wrong. See what you learn from it and see what you can put to forth. We're not here to invite you to Christ or let Christ come in your life. Christ wants to come in your life. Our life is a wreck, a mess before we come to Christ. But what He wants to do is to invite you to come into His life. When we come into the life of Christ, we come into a new beginning. This old man of darkness disappears. And a new man, Brother Michael, comes up full of life, full of hope, and full of power. Everybody ought to say power. After you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive what? Power. Power to live for God and do the things that God would want us to do. Jesus calls you and all the world into his life. His life is a life of abundance. His life is exciting life. I tell you, it's, it's exciting to live for God, isn't it? And you know what your end is. Everybody that's a Christian, you know what your end is. It may be in the grave, but you're going to come out of that grave. And you may not go in the grave. You may be on this earth before Jesus comes and take you home. What an exciting time that's going to be. When we grow through types of seasons. Everybody goes through types of seasons. There's four seasons. We go through seasons. And we own the potter's wheel. Sometimes the potter will take you, Brother James, and put you on the wheel. Sometimes he'll change your direction. Sometimes he'll turn you around. But don't get frustrated about it. He got a plan for your life. And sometimes after the potter clay, he puts it into the fiery furnace. Without fiery trial, we'll never be what God wants us to be. But out of that fiery trial can come a great light, a great experience we've never had before, the wonderful blessings of God. So he has a purpose for your life. We are the instruments of God. We are weapons of God. We must be sharpened. Iron sharpeth the irons and the brothers sharpeth one another. If you want your axe sharp, you've got to put it on a grinder. Is that right, Brother Kenan? When I was a kid, come up you're chopping wood, you always had something in your back pocket. Anybody know what that was? A file. When you chop cotton, there's always one person under the shade tree, several holes. And what was that person under that shade tree doing? Sharpening your hole. Listen, church, we should not be despaired when God is putting us through seasons that this flesh don't like. He's sharpening us to be better weapon for him in the kingdom of God. He puts us in the fiery furnace to temper us and make us better than we've ever been before. That's why he sees them. Out of darkness comes greatness. Out of the things we're going through right now in America and around the world, there's going to be greatness to come out of this. It always has been and it always going to be. We can't see it right now. Like Jesus talked about the leavening in the bread. You don't see it. You cook the bread a lot, don't you? You don't see it in there, right? You don't see the effect of it. It's not blowing no bugle and tooting no horn. It's just silently working in there. There's water, a water aquifer down under this earth somewhere down underneath that if you ever look at one of the drawings when it comes to the hill it sort of goes up over the hill there's a streams of rivers under this earth brother bevan we don't never feel we don't never see and you say what is what's, what's the meaning of that it's the holy ghost working and you don't know it you don't feel it and maybe you're not experiencing it, but i want you to know he's alive and he's a working where you feeling it and where you're experiencing it or not you're going through your dark time but one of these days you're going to come out into your greatest time of your life if you don't grow weary and well-doing. He's always a-working. He's always alive. He's always there when we need him. He's never late. He's never late. Judges 14 said Samson was on his path just minding his own business. And one day this young lion pounced out in his path. Anybody ever had that experience? Sister Jody, you ever had that experience one day just minding your own business on your path and all of a sudden that line, roaring line, the devil just jumps right out in front of you or maybe just jumps right on you and just begins to attack you. And the Bible said in this young line, jumped towards Samson and the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson mightily, mightily. And he reached out and grabbed a hold of him and tore him to pieces just like he was a little kid goat. Mighty that's what the Lord can do in your darkest hour, he can turn it into your greatest hour. Samson went on his way. Come back after a while, and there bees was in this dead carcass line and honey, just honey just dripping everywhere. Scholars said that's unknown. Bees never build in a dead carcass but there was this honey there and samson reached his hand in there and brought out that honey and began to eat it god can produce honey in your darkest hour something sweet and something joyful something great look for your greatest hour to come don't count your dark hours count what greatness is coming to your life amen stop looking what's wrong and start looking and expecting something good to happen in your life expect something good to overtake you like it says in Deuteronomy 28 He's going to chase you down and overtake you and jump on you. Some of you had some dark hours, right? You thought it was the end of things. You were embarrassed, the community embarrassed, and all of that, but I want you to know there's some greatness coming out of the darkness. Amen? There's some good things that God is doing. He's doing some wonderful, dynamic things in this world today. Honey symbolizes sweetness and good. Out of the darkness comes greatness comes greatness Elijah was probably one of the greatest prophets but he got discouraged he ran and hid in a dark cave earthquake and a fire he was used to fire falling because he call down fire and burn up the prophets he called down fire and burn up the sacrifice but this time it's something different happened a small, still voice. You've got to learn to recognize the voice of God. There he is discouraged, disappointed, hopeless, and wanting to die. He's already prayed to die. I'm the only one left living for you. God don't really care about me. If he really cared about me, he would do this, he'd do that. I want you to know God cares more about you than you care about yourself. God has revealed that to me through my years of life. I care more about you than you care about yourself because he shed his blood for us. He's rose from the grave to deliver us from the things of this world. And there, Elijah, when he heard that steel, small voice, he wrapped himself in his mantle. And God said, Elijah, I want you to go back where you came from. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to go back, and I want you to anoint kings, and I want you to anoint people, I want you to anoint Elisha. I want to bless you. Out of that darkness come new greatness in his life. And he died a wonderful, demonic death. I don't don't guess he died. A fiery church from heaven come down and guide him with horses of foam fire. Come down and picked him up. Listen, his greatest moment in that cave, in that wilderness was darkness. He never thought he would ever come out of it. But when he came out of it, he went back and anointed more than he'd ever anointed before. And God came and guide him and take him home. Isn't that wonderful to serve a God like that? You're never alone in your darkness. He's always there with you. You've got to learn to hear the voice of God. In the book of Revelation, he spoke to all seven churches, he said the same thing to every one of them. At the last verse of every, he that have ears to hear, let him listen what the Spirit is saying. It's hard to hear the Spirit of the Lord in this world today because we're so occupied with so many things. Our life is so busy, so occupied, and going after things that's failing and rotten and going back to the earth. We're just bit running. I talked to someone the other day, and I said, how you doing? The man's a multimillionaire. He said, well, Brother Billy said, it's just hard for me to do anything from God. He said, I'm just hung up in all of this stuff. Listen, you can get hung up in stuff that you own naturally that God has given you, and that stuff gets you hung up so or that you cannot hear the voice of God because your mind is not on hearing the voice of God. God is speaking to everybody. Some people say, well, God, don't speak to me. He is speaking to you. You're just not hearing. You need to hear. He said, let everybody got ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, the wonderful things of God. Out of darkness comes greatness. I read an article the other day. This lady and her husband was in Yellowstone Park camping. Just got everything set up. She told her husband, said, I feel a strong feeling that we need to move and go to another campsite. They talked for a while, and she said, it's getting stronger. He said, well, let's load up and go. They went to another campsite. The next morning when they got up, they heard the news. That campsite it had a rock slide and a mud slide and destroyed that whole camp. What I'm saying that God wants to speak to you in a way that you never heard before, that you can head off things, you may not, glory to God, you may step in something, a hornet's nest, and God may tell you that's wrong if you hear the Spirit of God. God wants us to hear him. He wants us to obey him. He has a sensitive spirit to the Spirit of God. I know I've said this before. We went to a place one time. We was on vacation, pulled up and going there and eating. We just pulled up in the parking lot. She said, I got a strange feeling right here. We don't need to stay here. Put that thing in the verse, backed out and drove off, found somewhere else. That's what God wants to do to keep you from harm. A lot of times people step in into something and if they'd, if they'd heard the voice of God, God would have warned them. He is warning everybody, but everybody's not listening. So God wants us to listen to him. And look, look what it done for her and her husband. She heard the voice of God. She obeyed the voice of God. And look what it did for her. God is speaking. And God is moving like the water in the ground. Ezekiel 37, verse 9. In the valley of dry bones, God spoke to Ezekiel and said, I want you to prophesy. I want you to prophesy to this dry, dead bones. I want you to prophesy over them. And he stood up and prophesied. The Spirit Field Bible uses the same word that Brother James used a few weeks ago that God breathed. He breathed into Adam. He came from a dust clay man into a living man. He breathed in him. So that's what Ezekiel did. He prophesied he prophesied breath. He said, breath of the four winds come and come into these bones. You know what happened? Anybody know what happened? Oh, I tell you, that breath came, got into those old dry bones, and they became alive. They came alive. Eldad and me Dad in the book of Numbers, Joshua come and told Moses, said, Eldad and me daddy stayed behind in the temple meeting and they're prophesying. And Moses said, Are you zealous or jealous for my sake? I would to God that all of God's people prophesy. What is prophesy? Edification, building up, giving comfort. He wants everybody to prophesy. You find this in first Corinthians, the fourteenth chapter and verse one. Earnestly desire go after the spirit of prophecy that you'd prophesy and it's the only place in the bible that says covet one of the gifts he wants you and me to covet to prophesy to edify to build up and to speak over things and see it happen just like they did that's what paul said he wants you to prophesy covet he doesn't mention about coveting any other gift but he does mention about prophesying the gift of prophecy where you prophesy we ought to prophesy over our children I prophesy over Gina Keith Dustin his family Starla and their family several times a day to be in the house of God to work under the spirit of God I won't tell you what I say about their salary. I prophesy that their salary is going to be so much a year. And they might say, "Well, I don't see it yet, but it's a coming." If you don't grow weary and don't don't doubt, don't fear. When you prophesy and start believing, it may take it a while to come to pass, and that's the problem. People get weary, they quit, they say it's not going to happen lady told me one time about paying tithes. I said, quit paying my tithes. I said, God is not blessing me anymore. I said, how are you expecting you to bless me? I'm expecting some finances to come back. I said, you're expecting the wrong thing. That's not what that means. Listen, glory to God. Somebody ought to say amen. God wants his people. He's given us a command like he did Ezekiel to prophesy. He, and Moses gave us a command that all people ought to prophesy. Paul gave a command that all people are covet. That word covet means to lust after prophecy that you could prophesy, you could exhort, comfort, and give somebody encouragement. You never know when somebody's going to need an encouragement when you run into. You never know what a word from God would mean to them. The blessings of God could mean them to prophesy. So he did. And those, all those bones come alive. And the Bible said it was a great, exceeding, exceedingly great army. Can you imagine? One man standing up prophesying over a valley of dry bones that's the breath of God would come and get in them sister Sue and when this breath of God got in them they became a living soul like Adam did when God breathed into I mean when God breathed into Adam Adam became a living soul because somebody prophesied of Ephesians 5 and 1 says imitate God God prophesied over Adam so to speak and breathed life into him and that's what God wants us to do out of darkness comes greatness. You find those scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, and also verse 39, to covet to prophesy. Out of darkness comes greatness. Brother James touched on this morning. I thought for a minute, I said, well, he probably needs to go a little bit further with that, but anyhow, there he was in a cave, cold, dark cave. I Best I can remember, Brother Melvin, was that you and Barbara and Pig and I went in a cave one time. Oh, let me tell you something. We got down in there. We had to walk down in there dripping waters. I said, Lord, if you ever let me get out of here, I'll never go in another one. I was afraid in that cold, watery place. We got on that thing. A train like it went sort of right straight up. I said, Lord, don't let this thing fall. Just let me get out. I was foolish for coming down here. I won't do it no more. Huh? But there he was in that cave. Saul chased David 21 years thereabout, trying to kill him, hiding. Went into one country, spit on his beard, and act like he was a mad crazy man so they wouldn't kill him. That company wouldn't kill crazy people. Well, I better not say that, but anyhow. (laughs) But anyhow, but keep them from killing him. And Saul was always behind him, trying to kill him trying to kill him so he goes into this cave. And the Bible said 400 men came to that cave. And Brother James mentioned this morning, if one man can change 400 men, church, we got a responsibility. How many know that everybody that's born in the body of Christ and become a Christian are given a task in the kingdom of God? Everybody's given him something to do in the kingdom of God. They're given a task to do in the kingdom of God. Something we must do. He's given us a task. Norman Vincent Peale said, If you ain't got no problem, you need to get down on your knees and cry and ask God why He's mad at you, give you some problems to solve. That's how much confidence God has got in us, solving problems. We solve earthly problems, is that right? Brother James, he, he, he solved earthly problems. Brother Kenan, you solve earthly problems, don't you? Any company you work for, or we work your own company. They call you and you go solve a problem. Listen, God has called us spiritual beings to help people to solve their problems, to bring hope unto them when they're in darkness, that when they come out of darkness, they see something a lot greater in their life. Amen? Amen? One of our departments, mostly all they did is answer emergency calls. Sometimes some of the guys get sitting around and they said, I'm bored. They said, I-, I want something to do. I said, You better just be happy and be bored because it won't be long. If things are going to explode and you're going to be wishing you'd be bored again. Amen? That's the way life is. Life is like that. It goes like that. And these 400 men at Dulam, verse 2, said, All those who were in distress and doubt, I mean, in debt, discontent, came to David. I don't remember what old Brother James said, but he, he said a lot of things about them, how bad off they were. But this one man, probably with his harp, and probably for a little singing, changed this 400 men unto mighty men of value. Mighty men of value. He changed their lives. Proverbs said, if you want to get wise, start hanging out with wise people. Talking to some young people one time, one of them said, well, it's hard to fly with eagles when you're running with turkeys. I said, well, you need to stop running with turkeys. You know, if that's the case, a turkey can't get you anywhere, but an eagle can. And listen to this. Second Samuel 23 and 13. During the harvest time at Dulam, three of the 30 chief men came down to David of the four hundred mighty men at harvest time. Isn't that good? Here you've been living in the cave all those years, but harvest time, I and mean, you know there's a harvest time coming in your life. You may have been living in distress and hopeless and despair, but I want you to know there's some greatness coming in your life. Amen? You may not see it, but it, it, it's working underneath. Amen? The, like the water aquifer under this nation, just everywhere you go, it's working like leaven in the dough. You don't see it, right? It don't fuss, no, don't no, no, it doesn't. It's just the working and just, just just what it would do. Oh, glory to God. Doing what he was designed to do. How many know that God has designed us to do something? We are the children of God. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. I read the other day the first word that a child ever hears in his life is no, no. That stays with them normally most children all their lives till they die. That negative feeling that negative thinking and that negative talk. God has changed our nature. He changed our character. He changed our language. We shouldn't, I'm not talking about cursing, using four-letter words. Some people get offended over that. I don't. That's just, they just They just got a bad habit. But I wonder if it offends God when Christians talk so negative, so down and out. he has commanded us to talk good things and maybe you feel down and out but talk what you want to feel walk where you want to feel start dressing the way you'd like to feel God can bring greatness out of darkness greatness out of darkness what about the man in the Bible he lived in a cave and he had legions of demons in him I think a legion is what 12,000 Somewhere along there. Can you imagine that having 12,000 more demons inside you? And no man could tame him. Even brass chains couldn't hold him. He was tormented day and night. Couldn't sleep, couldn't rest. But Jesus said one word, one word, go. He was free. He wanted to follow Jesus on a missionary journey. And Jesus said, no, you stay here and you go and tell. What I have done for you he went to Decapolis meaning ten cities there he evangelized those ten cities and when Jesus came back through that area he brought the lame the blind and the halt, and laid them aside the path that Jesus would walk in so when Jesus walked by as many as touched his garment was made whole look look what he brought out of darkness unto greatness I want you to expect, start a high expectation of receiving from God. Regardless what it feels like, what it looks like, praise God. I know Peggy been having some issues lately. I heard her saying, yes, she said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Speak what the word of God says, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how it looks. Because out of darkness can come greatness. I never dreamed. A lady told me one time... Raised up like most people was back in during depression, World War Two, and her husband bought her a house in town and carried it and showed it to her. She said, "How did you manage this?" She said, "I couldn't believe that he could do that." He said, "I asked him. I mean, you no, know, you need to ask him. You need to prophesy, just like they did, prophesy." And start watching results. Expect results. Expect something to happen. Expecting something good to come in your life. Expect something. Acts 8 said Great persecution rose against the church, they were all scattered everywhere. Saul made havoc of the church. He entered every house, dragged men and women out, and put them in prison. He persecuted. Hatred and affliction was against the church. Acts 9 says Saul still breathing threats and murders against the church. Paul was changed on the road of Damascus. The chief of all sinners, he said, made havoc of the church, not worthy to even be a disciple. But out of that darkness came a one man, Scholars still say today, the greatest apostle that ever lived, how God changed him. And here's another something else. He was on his road to Damascus, and they was all afraid of him. I want you to tell me where God sent him when he left Ananias' house. Where did God send him? To Damascus, where they was all afraid of him. And they said, is not this the man, Saul of Tarsus, that's come to us? But he'd been changed. He'd come out of darkness. He'd come into greatness. One time they left him for dead. They thought he was dead. Some men came by and found out he wasn't dead. And they revived him. and Give him life. What did he do? He went back to the same city that beat him. And threw him out to kill him. Because he had a task before him. He had to task to help other people to come out of darkness. And Acts 1 and 8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. Everyone in the early church had this great power in the midst of the darkest hours. Power means strong, strength, energy, mighty mighty and great force, and great ability change things they change things I want to close and God bless you expect something to happen look for something good to happen and it will happen and our darkest hour can be turned into our greatest hour and our greatest moment how many of you had some things in your life that brought you the darkest hour You thought it would really ruin you. But one day, greatness came. One day, you was lifted up. One day, things got better. The wonderful things of God. God is working everywhere. It may not look like it, and it may not sound like it. But God is still at work. Even all these treacherous times we may end right now, like the water... Under this earth. It's moving. It's quiet. And one day it bursts up. One day the spirit of God will flow in. you like he did this morning. Just flow in a great abundance in our life. Look for great things to happen. Expect great things to happen. Prophesy over your problem. Prophesy. If Elisha. Ezekiel could prophesy. Over a whole valley of dread bones as God told him to, to call the breath, he's calling the breath of God, to come, all four winds to come, from north, south, east, and west, begin to grow, and ever dried bone, dead bone, stripped down, begin to crawl, I, I want you to just visualize that, all these bones down there, and this leg bone crawling, the leg bone, this leg bone crawled over to, James' leg bone, is. Oh, uh-oh, that, that's not the bone I'm supposed to be in. I'm going to get over here in this right bone. That's the way it happened. It would just happened. Them legs and bones were crawling everywhere until it formed a body. And then he breathed into them the breath of God. You know what happened on the day of Pentecost? God breathed his breath into them. And it changed their lives. Amen. I'm just glad you've been newborn. You've been changed. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. New life come out of darkness. The mustard seed in the ground came out. Jesus came out of the grave. The baby came out of the womb. We've come out of some darkness. Some of us has come out of some greater darkness than some of the rest of you. Some of you probably never really know what it really was to be in real darkness. But thank God, Brother James mentioned about a man that was in World War II, I assume. How many men he'd killed, and he asked, Brother James, reckon the Lord will ever forgive me. Brother James said, yes. Yes. You're talking about a consolation to that man to believe that God forgive him. And no telling how many Saul killed, burned, put in prison, fed to the line. But God forgave him. He's forgiving darkness and darkness. Amen. God bless you. What kind of evening are you going to have? Amen. Don't be like the old song. I would have no luck at all if I didn't have bad luck. People still sing that thing. That ought not be in our vocabulary. Or not to sing things like that. Brother James said he loved country and western music. I mentioned one time I was preaching about some of that music. My cooker just started coming to church. I don't think he got the Holy Ghost. He said he's quit preaching and going to Midland now. People don't realize what singing the wrong song will do to your spirit. You sang spiritual songs that lift your spirit up, that inspire you and then motivate you and get you going. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I Talked to a lady the other day at the funeral home. I would call her name. She my age. And I know Sue, she told me some time ago that she walks down that path now, right? And said, I have to talk to myself. This lady said, I have to talk to myself in the morning before I get out of bed. Said, I don't want to get up. But I talk to myself. And I get myself up. And I get myself down at an exercise. Said, I have to talk to myself to get it done. Talk to yourself what you want to see happening, and i guarantee you it'll start happening. Don't talk things you don't want to happen. Talk things you want to happen, and there'll be a greatness come out of darkness like you've never seen before. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus in our life and the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the plan you have for us, abundant, dynamic plan. We thank you that you're going to look over these and all of your people today. The angels are going to be around them and keep them, Lord. They're going to come out and be great, Lord, in the kingdom of God. And they're going to learn to prophesy and speak the thing, exhorting and building up and comfort words in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you our prayers you've heard. We thank you you're going to answer them in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen. God bless you for being here.